we're soccer across and it's beautiful. Happy Friday, Lady Boilers. Today on the podcast, we have our good friend Ariel Chambers. The voice behind Bleacher Reports highlight her. Ariel just made the Forbes 30 under 30 list, which is quite the accomplishment. And we are so excited to chat with her about all of her hopes for the platform and for females in sports. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We love reading them. <laughs> Randy Chesney. <laughs> I was just telling her, I was like, I moderated a panel for her last, um, last month and it was just gym after gym. And then the, the, like the company was like, girl, get it together. Like, <laughs> I was like, listen, I can't cut her off. She's preaching. Saying <laughs> all the things. Also, please pray that the fire alarm doesn't go off. We're having fire alarm testing today because of course, when I'm recording this, we're going to have fire. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Are you in New York right now? Yeah. Where do you live? I actually just moved to Secaucus at the top of the um, of the quarantine. And so it's like 15 minutes from Midtown, but I love it over here. So much space, so quiet. That's right awesome. Where there are you, you guys? Go. We're uh, Long Island and Rhode Island, nice. so we're not too far. I miss New York a lot. I miss it so much. Right? Like, it, ki- it kills us. Like, we went from, like, being there constantly and having our office there <clears throat> And now things are so different. It's crazy. So we're not allowed to go back till uh, August at the earliest. I wow. miss the office. I miss the Roseanne snacks. Yeah. <laughs> I miss the free snacks from your office. Okay, oh. both floors. <laughs> we would come into the Bleacher Report building and we would leave with like pounds of granola bars and like Oh my cereal. gosh. <laughs> so much food. I had like those Lifesaver mints falling out of my pockets. <laughs> Full pack of gum. Full pack. Oh my gosh. Sorry to Tracy if she's listening. Yes. But, <laughs> well, we just saw, um, congrats. We just saw that you made the 30 under 30. Oh, thank you. For Forbes. That's amazing. Unreal. I woke up and I was like, oh, there were so many text messages. I was like, oh my God. Like, I didn't think I would actually get it. So that was cool. <laughs> like, That's so cool. Did it, it just come out yesterday? It came out yeah, yesterday morning. Wow. That's awesome. And I'm not an early morning riser. So I, I woke up to so many texts. And I was like, this is so dope. Like, it's so cool. <laughs> they don't even give you a like a heads up. Like, oh, we selected you. It's going to be coming out. You get, a, you get a notification like a month before saying that you've been nominated. And then you have to fill out a survey. <laughs> and then it just pops up on December 1st. <laughs> so that was cool. That was really, really cool. Awesome. That's so cool. So tell us a little about like your background. We know like you studied journalism in school. So you went to NC State and you went to Oxford. So did you know right away that you wanted to work in sports? Okay, so I'll reel it back for you. Um, growing up, I was always like really, really passionate about women's basketball, the women's side of things. Like I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, which you know mm-hmm. we pay Yao um, as one of the main sports figures, and it wasn't like oh my god, that's the female coach it was like oh my god that's the best coach around we had sylvia hassel too down the street at unc who was also a championship coach and so a national championship coach so i would take trips to those games and and watch the nc state women's basketball team and like see how nice they were to me and in, in comparison to any other you know sporting event i went to so i always knew i wanted to be in the women's side of things like women's basketball and women's sports in general were never a step like a stepping stone for me it was always a situation where it's like these women deserve and I don't understand why more people aren't talking about it so I mean I never played I was a cheerleader um but 
growing up, that's what I was surrounded with. My best friend, like we just talked about, she coaches at Davidson and like my other best friends ran track in Carolina. But um, again, women's sports. And so um, when I graduated, I ended up doing entertainment at Madison Square Garden. And that included like the cheerleading squad for the Liberty. And I was looking around and I noticed there was no media coverage. It was like maybe three people on press row. And mind you, this is the top 144 athletes coming in and out of the world's most famous arena and nobody was there. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I just started talking to like my friends who were in the league and then like it just spread like that. Like, you ever have moments like that where you're like, this isn't right. Like this yeah. is not this how is not this right. Is. Just imagine and like if people were touring with like Olympians and stuff and having the chance to have such an accessible, you know, situation for these top tier athletes and nobody's talking about it. like what what's wrong? So I, I remember as a kid doing the high five line the high five line for uh new york power game versus washington freedom and mia ham was there and i remember like being able to pick where i wanted to sit on the bleachers to watch yeah. i was like this this is whack right now that this is not you know that this is not packed out to see one of one of at the time the most one of the most famous female athletes ever and i was like i can't believe that like this is, yeah more people aren't talking about this and it, like a light switch goes off in your head where you're like something isn't right like this needs to change and as a woman so, you're like i'll just do it myself yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly fine the world won't end up fine we'll make we'll make a laugh it really is so degrading too like and also i feel like i feel like back then um they always used to refer to women with their uh refer to women to their first name instead of the last name when they were talking about them in sports and i thought that was really interesting because i'm like they wouldn't do that with other you know with men's sports and it's just so crazy and i'm sure there's so many examples that you can come up with that of what you've seen um especially with coverage of like you know all that stuff so do you do like um do you write articles and do coverage in that way or do you do more like on camera stuff when you're working with athletes yeah so i my whole start was written work so because I came from a cheerleading background I had to prove that I knew the game right I had to prove like my credibility behind the sports and like knowing the ins and outs of that and what better way than to like analyze the game through writing so I my first job in sports was editorial work for it was the summit hoops then it turned to high post hoops now it's the next um and I still am a contributor to them and I and I love them dearly that's like home for me um and through that that credibility with my personality and the relationships that I had, it, it was just a great boom effect. And I was able to figure out that, hey, the camera's not too far. I mean, it is too, it is very far off, but it, back then it wasn't too far off, like recording interviews with your phone and just being able to post them on social media, people consume it the same way. And so I would put them on Twitter and they just started picking up traction. And that's how it ended up being where I am today. Amazing. Social media is absolutely incredible at uh, sports news, I feel like. Mm -hmm. I, it's like instantaneous. Do you do like instantaneous stuff like immediately when you're covering? Yeah, and it's funny because I never thought I was going to be the breaking news girl. Um, that's just never where I wanted to come from or never where I thought I would come from. But again, that trust with the players, a lot of times they'll give me information that they want tweeted out. You see that happen this summer with um, – negotiations with if they're having a season or not they they used me as a vessel to deliver the news to the public and I mean it was received differently with different people but things like that whenever I know something and the source tells me to put it out I'll put it out 
um, but it's filtering like what, you know, let's prioritize what needs to be said and what doesn't. Um, but yeah, like I, I love being in the midst of all the things and informing people of things. It's just fun. <laughs> yeah, you're, you like Twitter, right? Did I read Twitter's that my correctly? favorite. Okay, got, I got that right. <laughs> you got a lot right, except for UNC, but you got it right. And you did your research and I love that. I'm never, I'm the type, like, I'll get on something and I'm like, tell me your whole story. <laughs> but yeah, you with the background. I love that. But no, Twitter's my favorite app. Yeah. I feel like I wish Twitter, like, do you think it's Twitter's dying or do you think it's still no. going strong for sports? It's funny. Everybody's been saying Twitter's been dying for like decades, but we're still around. Do you think it's just because younger people aren't using Twitter as much? Yeah, I mean, like, younger people have TikTok, and I mean, I guess we have TikTok now. We're, we're, we're hopping oh. on a little bit late, but it's fine. We're forced there. to hop on. We're there. Us millennials, we're popping in. No, but, like, I think that Twitter's the, the best source of, like, just finding out what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it, it's even the hard topics, like, outside of sports. Like, if I can't stomach something because I'm at anxiety and I'll, like, not pay attention to the news, I'll just go on my Explore page yeah. and make sure I, like, read thoroughly to make, like, to fact check, obviously. But, like, to get that news like that, like, what's going on? Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it's such a great avenue for news. Mm -hmm. I, I will never forget. We're on the – Shan and I are on the train. We're going to meet Alana for shipping. And there was smoke, there was just smoke in some sort of neighborhood. So I was like, I'm going to go on Twitter and see what that is. And I yeah. found somebody posted a picture of a house on fire in the town. And we found out what it was like in a minute. Instantaneous. And it's just unbelievable. But, so news, yeah. news um, mediums can't die like that. Yeah. Especially like social media news. Not going Wait, I have a question. Have you ever tweeted something that wasn't true by accident? Like you messed up, like... You know, like, have you ever messed up in a sense where you just, you said I've had typos, but as far as things that are not true, no. I did have a situation where players told me something I tweeted out, and then it changed in three hours. Um, so it might have looked a little crazy because it did go super viral. So it was like <laughs> on the trending, and then all of a sudden it just changed. But it was fact, like yeah, it was yeah. well reported. Um, I looked crazy in that moment, but hey, you got to take the punches as they come. But you know, that's another thing about like journalism. You can't you can't beat yourself up for it. It's constantly changing. So oh yeah. I'll, I'll never forget. I, the reason I asked is because that happens. And like one time I, I said maybe like it was a, a score of a game and it was, you know, two nothing, but it, but I said three nothing. And then like it goes, it's being retweeted. And then that's how rumors start. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, Ooh, that's the edit button. <laughs> right. And that's the power oh, of like the social media in the news area. And like, I think that's so cool for you guys, especially with Bleacher Report and like, now you have Highlight Her on Instagram with Bleacher Report, right? Um, mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about how you've been growing that platform for them? So you guys have been down since it was called We Are Jayla, and I love that yes. about y'all. <laughs> I love that about y'all. Y'all yeah. were loyal back then. But no, Bleacher Report found me on, um, on Twitter and was like, I love what you do with women's sports. Would you like to start up our women's platform? And I was like, absolutely. Let's get it. Um, and so what I set out to do was create a community for women, um, by women, that would just celebrate them in the sports and culture realm and really not take lightly the cultural side of it either. Like, I think that a lot of times we throw around that, that, that word, um, but just give a perspective, have a voice um, to the, the ones who haven't been showcased before. And in that, like, 
covering all sports. We have that advantage that we do cover all sports, all levels, all abilities, all ages. And, and it's beautiful to see all that come together to just be celebrated. Um, and I've learned throughout the whole thing, like I've had to pay more attention to soccer now. And I love that and the NWSL community has accepted me with open arms. And, you know, last year when the U.S. Women's National Team came back, being in the parade with them, that was super fun. And just making more connections, um, using Highlighter as that tool to connect people. I think that that's a really great reflection of what the reality of it is. Like you see people celebrate the athlete or talent that's in the videos, the highlight of them. And then there's conversation under the post. And there's like, oh, she's dope. I didn't know about her. Like, you know how many skateboarders and actual female like football players that I have learned about through this? Yeah. It's great. Just like a connector of people. And just because it's making so much noise and its fellow um, women's platforms are making so much noise, people are paying more attention to women's sports and, and the fact that women belong in this, this space and they're excellent. And you see it with like Sarah Fuller. Like that, that story blew up. And yeah. we, there's so many stories, not necessarily like that one, but there's so many that are women doing excellent things on the field, on the court, uh, off the field and off the court that need to be um, shine light on. Like the light needs to shine on them so they can tell their story, so they can show their talents. And that's what I want Highlighter to be about. I love that. And I feel like a lot of our listeners right now and just Soccer Pops fans don't they follow so many soccer athletes but they don't see all the other players like all the basketball players mm -hmm. like you said like there's football there's hockey like I feel like even myself I I need to broaden my range of of all the female athletes that I follow because there's so much inspiration in other sports yeah and then like highlighter is supposed to be a collection of them so if you, yep. if you don't want to follow a lot of accounts which you should because support the women yeah. um <laughs> but you can see it all there like I, I learned about women's hockey through my friend Erica Ayala, and then Anya Anya Pack, Packer is one of my Forbes sisters for this year, and so it's just cool to see how everything's so connected, because we all have the common goal of just doing what we do and doing it well, and being in a space where men have been trying to shut us out, and we, it's not even coming from a victim standpoint, it's coming from, like, a place of empowerment, and I think yeah. that's really dope. That is Definitely. Awesome. And when I look back, like, specifically for soccer, when I look back at you know, our role models growing up, they were rarely on TV. They, you couldn't, you could barely find a game. And, you know, nowadays, like, look at the U.S. national team. They have millions of followers. Like, their coverage of their team, like, you get to know the players more and more because of the interviews that they get. You know, like, just everything, the coverage, the posts, and all that. So it's so awesome even, like, to get to know the players on that team more and more and more each time that's what you're doing for all women's sports mm -hmm. with highlight her and I think that's so incredible and I need to be better about like learning about other sports specifically like I know Shannon and Alana are a lot better at it than I am but I would love to learn more about other other women's sports because it just gets it helps grow the women game overall so yeah like I I, I started like my phrase the WNBA is so important but then like working with the other sports, I'm like, gosh, all these women's sports are very, very important, you know, like, and then I wanted to tell the WNBA story, so then I'm like, talking to Crystal Dunn, I'm like, you're freaking popping, man, like, you're so fun, like, and Ashley and Allie came to the office, and we talked about how, like, Ashley beat up somebody with a fish when she was younger, I thought that was hilarious, like, who does that, so. Wait, just, what you, can you go a little bit more into that? Roy was taunting her and saying she couldn't do something, so she picked up a spiked fish, and beat them with it and I think that that's so on brand for her 
Yeah. <laughs> it couldn't be more on brand. Question Has anyone ever told you no with sports journalism? Like any any events, any outlet, anything? Oh yeah, all the time. Um, because I approach it in such a I'm your homie kind of way, conventional journalism did not like those those companies didn't understand it at all. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't willing to change for it because I think that that's what allows people to get to know the actual player themselves. If I can be myself and be a human to you and talk to you like you're my homie, like you're my friend, and actually see you and not try to push a distinct narrative, I think you're going to be more open with me. And that's not like any type of like strategy. That's just treating people as human. So a lot of conventional news outlets or conventional uh, companies didn't understand that. They didn't understand, I think it was called the lack of polish, right? So I... I believed in, in, in the way I told stories and Bleach Report believed in me too. And that's why I ended up where I was, which is all about alignment. But I heard no so many times. There are so many times, like people don't realize, like all this press is coming this year, but I've been working at this since I was what, 14 years old. I, yesterday, somebody wrote on my Instagram, I remember you used to travel with our AAU team. I used to travel with my best friend's AAU team and just be like covering them before I even had anything to write about, you know, just, just studying the game. and being so passionate about that for so long and telling the story the way I want to tell it in reflection of like, you know, these people who I'm passionate about, I'm not willing to mold to conventional ways of doing things, especially when everybody's trying to push progressiveness and trying to push culture and they don't know what culture is. They don't know the heartbeat of women's sports um, and listening to people and what they want out of things. I think that's what's, very unique about my approach and so when i have companies that are like we need you to be like this i don't want to do that because i want to align with the right thing and so no has been something that i've heard so many times like so many times but it got me to the right yes and so we here (laughs) (laughs) that's so important too because especially women in sports none of their stories are polished none of them are these easy stories of transition into the world of professional sports without stupid obstacles being thrown at them so I think the conversation needs to be exactly that like unpolished conversation is the only way we're going to get down to the truth of these stories and the struggles that these women have faced and the real you know the real reactions and the real feelings that they've had so this is how I know that we were a little behind in the women's sports storytelling in 2016 when the story about I think it was 2016 when the story about Megan and Sue came out Mm -hmm. and I was talking to somebody who um, was in the same company who released the story. And they were like, for so, for so long, we try to protect them. And I'm like, protect them from what? <laughs> like, yeah. Protect them from what? We all knew. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's so interesting to me how they try to filter and make women's stories so cute all the time. Mm-hmm. And they don't need to be like that. I, I come from a positive lens, so I like telling the feel-good stories. But they don't need to be like, but no, we need to protect them from their sexuality. We need to protect them from their style. We need to protect them from their viewpoints like no let them tell their story <laughs> in the way they want to tell it exactly and they help so many other female athletes or other just humans like yep. feel more comfortable with their their sexuality and i actually love that about the u.s national team back to them like i feel like more and more of them are doing that they're being more open they're talking to news outlets about their relationships and i think yep. that's so key, major key for, yeah that's amazing. I, I I can tell you make people feel comfortable. And I think that's what we also like 
kind of try to do when we're speaking to athletes and, and interviewing them for our feed. We're just like, we need to be like girls with these girls. Cause like, they're not going to want to speak to, you know, 80 year old man about exactly. <laughs> exactly. But like, yeah. you know, y'all do make, like, I don't know if the people out there have ever met y'all in person, but I know all of them couldn't, but like when, when I first met you guys and y'all agreed to volley with me, like, I didn't know anything about soccer. Y'all talking, y'all were patient. Y'all were you like, did pretty good with, with it though. For not juggling before. <laughs> All those balls in the water, it's fine. We're doing good. <laughs> we're doing great here. But y'all didn't have to do that, you know? So it's just to make, you know, each other feel comfortable and, and approach it in that way. Because at the end of the day, we all have the common goal of like just celebrating women. And, and yeah, it really makes a difference. And that, like players seeing us as a reflection of them, I think that's really important too. Mm-hmm. Is there a moment that sticks out to you since starting Highlight Her that like you really felt like, oh wow, like I'm making a difference, like I'm I'm doing something for for the community? Yeah, my first my first aha moment was actually before Highlight Her when I was at the WNBA All Star and I talk about it a lot. Um, but there was this little girl named Liliana who posed in front of the Maya Moore and Jordan Brand um, poster with her arms outstretched just like Maya and Michael Jordan did. And her dad was like, you got to meet her. And I was like, okay. And so she saw me and she like put my media, media pass around her neck and then um, was like playing in my hair. She was six. And um, after I ran into her dad and her dad was like, uh, all Lily could say is that she has hair like mine. And I thought that that was really, really special. It was like she saw herself in me and she saw that like, hey, this could be my media pass one day. Aww. So that's a story I carry with me. But since Highlighter started, I've seen little girls like that that I've posted or you know women that I've posted be so excited to be like I'm seen and that's the whole thing about it it's like just to see yourself and to celebrate yourself um makes a difference and I I love that I love like removing myself from it and saying here here's your here's your platform to do that here's your space to feel wanted feel welcome and feel heard and seen and so every moment that I post the UGC of somebody who's just playing around in their house and I might have been creepy and found them and <laughs> surprised them like, in the DMs like, hey, do you have rights to video? No, but like, <laughs> but just to be able to post them and it just go viral and blow up, I think that's really dope. It, it is so nice for them to get the recognition that they deserve. Like, I feel like nowadays, if you're not getting the coverage, these athletes feel like they're not valuable and that sucks because they totally are. And like, I remember, oh my God, I remember these kids in college used to always make fun of the WNBA, like who watches it? Like, who cares? I'm like, are you guys serious? No, like, still do. These players are better than you. Like, yeah. They're better than the majority of the athletes out there. So it's just, I don't know. It's just wonderful that you got, you guys are literally highlighting the female athletes. Um, specifically. Yeah. They and even, yeah. And even going off that, Carly, like after Sarah Fuller, like seeing like all the negative comments on like the posts it was so frustrating and it just shows like there's such a long way to go mm-hmm. to get people to not say that shit because it's so fresh like this girl put herself out there I can't even imagine like all the stress and anxiety and nerves with the, and she went out there and performed and people still gave her crap you know oh, it's yeah. just I so frustrating us, I challenge us to not even try to convince them otherwise yeah that's what we're doing when we when we try to convince them it's like it's like i have this pet peeve with commercials that are like we're the underdog and we're gonna take over it it doesn't need to be like that as long mm-hmm. as we are in our community and and being passionate about the players and the talent that that we have and showcasing that 
that's our job. We we don't need mm-hmm. to like backtrack and address the people that just refuse to listen. Cause I feel like those people who are really like, God, women's sports suck, women belong in the kitchen are just a oh. lost cause. Oh, they've I, said I, it so many times. I feel oh. like I feel like part of that the challenge is to not not listen to them or not let it affect us. Uh, the block no? button is my best friend. Yeah. I love it. Um there's some that are changeable. There's some that are like, eh, we don't know. We just don't watch it. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. There's something for everybody. I don't like certain things. Like, I, you know, the men's side of things, not very fond of them. I'll support, but I'm not going to like troll them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm open to like supporting, you know, as best I feel at the time. But, you know, it's something for everybody. But those that are vehemently like denying women's excellence and just don't want them or us to play any type of sport and just want us to be in the kitchen or whatever and if the kitchen is your thing that's fine but it's not our job to be like no you need to think this way yeah yeah so for itself the passion will touch people you know like it will touch people i know all the time i'm like just let those comments trickle to the bottom where no one reads instead of yep. interacting with them because then they're yeah. that's what i see when i go to the post not gonna lie like i have so many urges sometimes to just write back but then i'm like this is definitely a 12 year old little boy who doesn't know you know like maybe doesn't realize he's being a bully or he's a 40 year old boy who still does it (laughs) that's true that's true i write back my favorite comeback is are you okay like sometimes (laughs) like people who are like really attacking i'm just like are you okay and i'll write that question them and they get irritated (laughs) Because I mean, sometimes you really have to ask people. Like, you're you're wilding right now. Yeah. Bring it back in. So funny. Yeah. So, so when, what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Carl. No, you go ahead. No, I was just gonna ask. Do you have any? Because we have so many soccer fans. Is there any? Like you talked about the Ashland story. I know you talked about Pino and Subert. Is there any other like moments with any of the players that you like? That was funny or. Um, extra emotional or anything that stands out to you? I have a few. Um, Let's hear them because we love all of them. <laughs> I think it's hilarious how, like, Candace Parker, I can always tell if she's going to have a good game based on her baby hair. So, like, she's like, really big on baby hair. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, <laughs> and she, she's like, thinks she's, like, all superior with it. And I'm like, girl, you ain't, you ain't nothing. Whatever, you're fine. Um, but then Taya Cooper ended up on the Sparks with exceptional edges, too. And so it's just like the battle of the baby here. I think that's a really funny story um, that isn't being told. But uh, I, I joke with Candace a lot with that because Taya's baby hair are popping. Um, <laughs> then you have players like Natasha Cloud who have just come into their own. I mean, Natasha went to Maryland her first year, then transferred back home to a mid-major, ended up at um, the Mystics and is now a WNBA champion, then walked away from the season this season to fight for social justice and she's becoming really in her own as not only a black woman but a biracial woman and a bisexual woman so just exploring that bi area the the the, the, the in between that people a lot of times don't try to acknowledge or don't want to acknowledge um i had a really like deep dive with her in that i thought that was really cool um just to get that perspective of things and uh tia rough and pratt with the police brutality uh, i don't want to get too heavy on here but like her her cousin got murdered by the cops um the night of her draft and so just telling her story. But then we have Liz Cambage, who's like unapologetically herself all the time. And she did Playboy. And she 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 decided to do that. But then a, a, a Vegas anchor kind of ripped her apart for that. And she was just like, well, 
you know, you wouldn't do this if this was a man doing it because there was a, apparently a man who took off his season um, the same way she did and, and, and did a couple of spreads and they didn't say anything like that to, to her. And then you have Tanea Gulake, who's the, the first woman to host a major ESPN radio show. I just think that's cool. Like, there's just so many stories yeah. of WNBA that, that you would be blown away by. Courtney Williams and her music videos. I think that's cool. And her, dad, her, relationship with her dad is cool, huh? It's so cool that you're, like, sh- you're showing that these women are not just athletes. Like, they care about other things. And, like, and, and, like, it breaks the stereotype of them just having to be a certain way. Like, you have to be proper. You can't curse. Like, all this stuff. And then, I don't know, it just shows, like, actually, you could be a Playboy model. And play I need to talk to Liz, because if y'all like, want some unfiltered talk, that's, that's Liz. Yeah. But that I love it. And I also love that, like, you're showcasing the social justice stuff and, like, the obviously it's always touchy with politics but like it's interesting to see them care about other things that matter and are are like for the greater good of people in general and not just like athletes too i think it's important to not push a story on people um i noticed the difference when i was talking to WNBA about it versus when i was talking to softball about it but either way i wasn't trying to push anything i just let them talk and so you'll see different perspectives from the WNBA versus the athletes unlimited even though some of some of them are overlapping, but the vast majority very different. Not saying any is right or wrong, but I'm just saying like give them the chance to have their perspectives, give them a chance to have that voice, and that is like the important part of like the work that we do, trying to spread these stories without pushing our own agendas. Mm-hmm. The okay. highlighter is my voice, and it's in the bio. It's my voice, so I'm going to have the perspective I have mm-hmm. when it comes to covering things like that on highlight her, but. As far as like, whenever I talk to players, it's a very different story. It's their voice, which is great because I like the thing. The, the such the important thing to realize is that these people are more than athletes. Mm-hmm. They're humans, and everyone has their story. And and I mean, just even listening to, to like Megan Rapinoe talk and other and other athletes in the soccer space, like they have a voice to talk about so many big important topics that are mm-hmm. that need to be discussed, and they're place and their perspective on it matters and it's and it's worth listening to and we're used to hearing the opinions of a lot of the you know like the the biggest star male athletes kind of shoved down our throats and it's important to hear the voices of the women athletes too so I love that you let you know people tell their story and their perspective and, and where they came from because that that matters you know they're more than just athletes yeah and I love that I'm allowed to do that yeah I don't think I'd be happy if I weren't allowed to if you're gonna have uh move on this platform and have this in, in the bio saying Ari Ivory is the voice, then it needs to be my voice. If I'm going to say I'm doing a chat her with Skylar Diggins-Smith, then it needs to be Skylar's voice. Um, and that's important. Voice is important. And again, that goes back to like the polished sto- stories or the cutesy stories. Sometimes it's not cute. Sometimes it's really hard hitting. Some, and, and then me being me, I'm, I'm a 20 year, 29 year old black woman. Like I'm going to just address the issue. Like, and that like address issues. And that's like on and off the court. Like if, if a player played some type of way, I'm like, why'd you play like that? Like, you know, I'm not afraid to just ask the questions that might make people uncomfortable or might shy away from, you know, what's really going on. Yeah. Or it just makes them tell you flat out, like the honest truth rather than like sugarcoating it with some sort of answer they think, will you know make everyone happy exactly i think that's the real stuff and you're being authentic that's super important 
So, so what is next for for highlight her? Um, I just want to go on, onward and upward. We we've done the past 19, 20 months have been just building completely organically, completely like no no type of deals, no nothing. It's just us. And I just want to continue to do that. I want to continue to grow. And this is not like speaking from a sales perspective at all. I'm not saying we don't want to do brand deals, but I'm not even going to touch on that. But I just want to continue to be a community for women, girls, all sports, all ages, all ages, and just showcasing what they do on and off the court, um, showcasing the artists. I love interviewing rappers. It's like a fun thing for me. Maybe get some singers up there too. I love the culture part of it too. So to keep pushing that. And I want to hit some more mid-major things like the mid-majors of the world, the D2s, D3s of the world. Um, I want to hit the HBCUs of the world. Um, I'm a cheerleader, so I would love if worlds happen. A lot of people don't understand that there's a whole cheerleading community that needs to be served too. The I've only just folks. got into that. And I'm Period. like, it's so, so cool. good. Yeah. <laughs> the, Navarro, the Navarro College, like, Netflix. And that's just collegiate cheer. Like Navarro's always yeah. been great. It's like them in Louisville, and I I went to NC State. NC State's really good too, and so was Maryland when I was. Anyway, but a lot of them <laughs> did all star cheerleading year round, right? And so they they got recruited or they tried out and ended up being on Navarro because you go you go to these teams and you know that they're really good at NCA or UCA, and that's school cheer. So just imagine. A, a division where everybody is that good and that's all-star cheerleading all-star cheerleading is now like for the cheerleading world they do level i think five six and seven now there's like multiple levels now it's crazy um but everybody comes there and you compete at the highest level and it's so athletic and nobody actually says cheers like that's another thing about all-star cheerleading we don't actually say cheers um but everybody is on that talent level of Navarro and more people go to the cheerleading worlds than the Super Bowl. So wow. that's a fun fact. Wild. That's cool. And like I, I we do. Exactly. And so I feel like people need to know this, like yeah. coming from, you know, I born and raised in Raleigh. I went to champion cheer gym when I was younger and we were right down the street from me and him actually, because um, the, the field was like right there. It was where yeah. I think they were called Carolina courage back then. It wasn't NC Courage. It was like a different thing. Anyways, but I would just go to Wake Medfield and just be there and, mm -hmm. and see them. But then they're down the street. We're over here at competing at the highest level for cheerleading. And now it's turned into uh, Cheer Extreme. So maybe your listeners know a little bit more about Cheer Extreme. But just showing that competitive side, that really nitty gritty part of cheerleading is like what I want to introduce to Highlighter and Small Dokies. So you'll see why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on and congrats on all your success. We're so excited. Like, it's crazy how much you have organically grown in the past year and a half. And we're so excited to see it keep going. Thank you. I'm just going to just like, you know, sometimes a lot of times we don't take a minute to just pause. And I just want to reflect on how much it's grown in the past year and a half, two years. And the fact that I'm talking to the three people that were down with it when it was like not what it was. And so just to see that and to see you guys stay down, that means a lot um, to me and I'm sure the whole company, whole organization. So we love you like a family. And to those listening outside, like follow Highlighter and, and, and really like submit. Like even if you don't, yeah. even if you're like- You're going to get a lot of submissions. 
<laughs> it's funny because like when we first started talking, I didn't even know we were recording. So maybe I should have introduced myself a little bit differently. But um, no, but like really, we come from a, a family place. We want everybody to feel really comfortable. You know, if you even have a single like inkling that you're like, maybe this is dope and I want this to be seen, submit, submit, submit. We'd love that. And it's like anything, even if you're like doing handstands on your kitchen table, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely submit that. That's impressive. Right? I'm gonna go try. We love dog content. No, but like, <laughs> just anything else you want to, to showcase, I, I love to, I, I look at all of them. So awesome. Yeah. But, thanks for inspiring us every day with, I just, it's refreshing to, you know, go on Instagram and see really cool content every day from a variety of sports. So I've really enjoyed it. I'm so happy y'all like are like loving it. Okay. <laughs> it really is baby. <laughs> hey, Ariel, thank you so much. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.